This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the BSFM's podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Tina Zeng, Paid Acquisition Manager at Memrise. Tina, welcome to the BSFM's podcast. Thanks, Art. All right. Remember sci-fi stories you read when you were a kid and movies that were portraying the world hit by a pandemic? Well, we now live in a world like this. Some businesses were crashed by this pandemic, but others turned out to be seeing an increasing demand for their services. Today's interview question on the table is this. What do you do when you're one of those latter businesses? Uh, let's talk about you, Tina, first. Tell us about yourself. So my name is Tina. I'm originally from Canada. I moved to London about six years, seven years ago now, and have been working in app marketing for the last six years, currently working at Memrise as the digital acquisition manager. All right. Speaking of Memrise, tell us about the company, what you guys do, and how did you start? So Memrise is a language learning company. So we have a language learning app as well as website. What's interesting, though, is when Memrise first launched, about almost 10 years ago, it wasn't specifically for languages. It was a uh, flashcards website where you can go and basically make flashcards to study for anything you were learning Mm -hmm. or wanted to learn. So for example, if you're studying for a chemistry test or wanted to remember the names of presidents, you could go and make a course and other people could see your courses as well. So that grew and grew to become kind of like a database of, of all sorts of things you could learn. And then eventually the co-founders discovered that languages were the most popular courses. So then they decided to make their own courses. So we pivoted towards becoming a language learning business, but that portion of our business is still very much alive and there on the website. Now we focus on making custom language courses that help you learn how to speak the most useful, relevant everyday phrases. So less focus on kind of stuff you would learn in school and writing, but more about being able to get out into the world and actually just speak the language and making connections with other people. I see. To be ready for real life, for real conversation, not the ones that somebody wrote in a textbook 10 years ago and they may not be relevant to your daily life. Exactly. Uh, Stuff that you can feel comfortable saying. All right. That's helpful for sure. My next question is kind of obvious. How did COVID-19 impact your business? So I think we were fortunate in that because everyone had to go into lockdown across the world. There was a surge in demand for online education and language learning as a part of that also benefited from that that boost. So we actually, from about mid-March, we saw quite a big spike in demand globally for a product. So it was very much about how do we meet the demands and how do we capitalize on the extra volume that we're getting and making sure that um, we maximize that as well as making sure that we have the right messaging out there for the people who are looking for language learning products to, to be the most compelling one for them if we need it. Did you see any, uh, you know, specific increase for, I mean, for a specific couple of languages, was it just a broad spike or somebody decided to learn Spanish or Chinese or other language or just so all, all over the map? It's interesting because we didn't see much of a change in terms of the actual language mix, right? Because if you think of the situation, it's less about a specific demand for wanting to learn a given language, but more just about like 
pursuing a language you've probably always thought about learning, but never mm-hmm. had the time to or put the time right. to into. But now that there's nothing else to do, a lot of people are investing more into to that. So, I mean, the most popular languages we see historically are probably Spanish and English, so Spanish for like English speakers, as well as non-English speakers, and English for non-English speakers, as well as French. So I think in terms of the mix of that, that hasn't really changed very much, but it was interesting to see that across different countries, the timing for when the boost happened and and how quickly, you know, it it came down in certain countries, whereas others were more sustained, was, was interesting. So you said a lot of people made a wise decision to spend their time on language learning, not any, I don't know, trivial thing like playing Tetris or something, but something that is actually helpful. Once they, you know, the pandemic is over, they may use that language and, you know, in, in their daily lives and in in, for their work, for leisure, for anything. So that's, that's kind of a good example of, you know, make a conscious, wise decision what do you do with your time once you're actually hit by pandemic? And uh, it's kind of a silver lining. I, I can use this time for something productive, for something good, to cheer you up, to uh, you know, spend your time productively. Now, yeah, definitely. my next question is this. If your business isn't hit by a pandemic, and it's actually the opposite. So suddenly you see a huge demand for your product or service. What do you say to your existing and potential customers? What kind of messaging would you have? What would you suggest? So I think overall, like we didn't want to change our messaging substantially about what it is that we are and what we stand for in terms of how we engage with our users, right? So the messaging we've been going with for the last year or so is that Memrise helps you learn fast and have fun. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think the angle that we took is instead of saying, oh, you know, now that you're in COVID, you can't do anything exciting, use us. It's more like, We acknowledge that it's there and we have recommendations, stories and videos to help you, you know, do whatever it is that you you want to be doing, like any activities. And if you don't have that many things going on, we have all sorts of things to keep you entertained and also to help you learn a language quickly. For example, like in our newsletter, we usually include a phrase in the language that you're learning and we've customized some of them to be more COVID friendly. So one of them will say, oh no, not another video call instead of something Mm -hmm. that's like, ah, we're you know, where's the nearest train station or something to be more relevant for the situation that we're in. And then from a creative standpoint, all of our ads were filmed from home and also filmed in a way to capture, to basically show people in the current situation, right? So not out and about tons of people partying or any of that, but actually uh, filmed from home um, Mm -hmm. in more of a user-generated format. And also we launched a new product uh, called Immerse, Basically, they're like bite-sized videos of um, uh, like language insights. So like kind of like TikTok, except in the language that Mm -hmm. you're trying to learn. And we'll teach you something simple, like three ways to say like, hello, or like give a scenario. And that's quite quirky and fun and entertaining. And those were all shot from home. So all of them are shot from home. So you see the same person dressed up as two people, different people having dialogues. Um, But yeah, so kind of really honing in on this is the situation that you're in and this is the situation that we're in. And we're going to help create content and help you stay engaged and learning and having fun despite the situation. So just uh, goes to show that this old um, wisdom, that sense of humor is always helpful, no matter what, even in this situation, if you can uh, inject a bit of a humor in what you're doing and your messaging, it helps people, you know, plus to, you know, be aware of your offer. They can just, you know, smile to themselves. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's always a good thing to do, uh, no matter in what business are you. 
Um, Definitely. Yeah. I, feel, I think especially in times of need, right? Like when it's, it's difficult in a situation that no one's ever been in, you want to help ease that, that, that pain and whatever stress that is by kind of providing a relaxing and fun distraction. And in this case, that's what we're trying to do while helping them learn something interesting. All right. And this is the way how you can actually, you know, stand out from the rest of the messaging that people can get from other companies. And uh, by the way, can you talk about some uh, decisions, key decisions you had to make during COVID that actually helped you guys to differ yourself from your competitors? What was that thing that the other folks uh, didn't, uh, couldn't think of? So I think when countries started to go into lockdown, we noticed a lot of our competitors started offering like free trials or uh, free months for free to students. Um, mm -hmm. I think Duolingo even released a course for, for kids and we were thinking about, you know, do we, do we try to compete and do we invest our energy and resources into that where we offer maybe three months, you know, where we work with schools to, to offer our, our courses. But we also, you know, wanted to make sure that we were doing things that align with what we were trying to be as a business and the language type of language learning that we are offering that we want to offer is less about the same stuff you would learn from school you know the standardized exams and it's more about being able to to learn a language and connect with the world so we decided to invest that time and energy into uh, launching our product right a product that actually mm -hmm. lets you um, see And, and the next step will be to interact with, to some degree, with, with the real locals in their language so that even though you can't travel to Spain or France or Germany, you can still see people and how they would talk and how they would engage with their friends and family and those languages. Um, so really honing in on the connecting you uh, with the real world um, to help you learn a language rather than, okay, you know, you need to learn a language at home now instead of school. So we're going to, we're going to give you some um, supplement to, to that type of learning. So kind of really differentiating ourselves by releasing a new product and doubling down on what it is that we want to invest in as our type of language learning. So essentially offer people an alternative because usually your choices are either you're learning your language in school or kind of a formal language learning courses that are, you're attending daily. And this is, you know, still reminds you kind of going to school and, uh, you know, studying a couple hours a day. Or the alternative would be traveling and uh, getting your experience firsthand, you know, uh, communicating with people, which obviously you just can't do during pandemic. But this is your kind of alternative. You can still kind of travel, like even though staying at home and have that experience and you know actually be engaged like and um not you know go through this experience of you know going through the your secondary school which we all can recall the level of uh you know language uh, learning in, in those days so did you get any uh, feedback from people after this um introduction of, of a new tool of a new yeah. product we had um we had really good feedback from people who found them really engaging you know people identified with specific characters and they wanted to see more and we also saw an increase in time and app about uh, for about 30 percent um mm -hmm. so that was really promising so we're looking to you know put more videos out there and i mean part of the like you mentioned the, our philosophy of teaching languages is, is about natural language acquisition right which is like the languages you would learn the type of language learning you would have if you went somewhere as opposed to the more forced structure type you would um, get from 
from school. And the, the third step in that process, in addition to you know learning words and phrases and immersing in, in the language, is really being able to communicate. So the next thing that we're working on is building out our communicate function so that after you've immersed in the language and heard how locals say it with their body language and, and, and people who are actually you know locals, then being able to practice doing the same yourself. Um, so that's really what we're investing in. I think we've seen a lot of positive feedback about that. And I think also even on paid social, the types of ads we've put out around Immerse have done much better than we've seen for just the, the traditional language learning product where you're just playing some games and learning words and phrases and reviewing. Is this course based on audio or video material? It's all video material. So oh, the Immerse okay. section, yes, yeah, all in video. So there's subtitles in the language that you're learning, or you can see it in the language that you speak, depending on how comfortable you are. Um, because they do talk quite fast, right? Kind of like mm-hmm. you would see in real life if you were to go to the country. But we want to make sure that our learners get to experience that. Because when you go somewhere for the first time, you right. know, if you go to Latin America, they're not going to speak slowly for you uh, like yeah, you would sure. hear on an audio. So we want to make sure that they get used to that type of language experience. And I guess it's really important to see articulation of other person when he's talking to you. It's really helpful for you to mimic and actually start speaking, uh, you know, making sure you can actually drop that accent uh, over time. If you can hear, uh, not only hear, but see the speaker, it's, I know from, from you know, my own experience that it's really helpful. So I'm just relying on audio, uh, it's not really good practice. It's good, but that's not enough. You have to see the person. Definitely. Right. Like, especially in many languages, the body language is just as important in contributing to what you're saying and how you're conversing as the words you're saying. Right. That would be like a difference between Spanish and, I don't know, Swedish or <laughs> Dutch. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Now I have a f- few quick questions for you. Are you iOS or Android person? So I started out as an iOS user, but about a year and a half ago, I switched to an Android and I can't say I regret it at this point. All right. Now, do you still remember your first mobile phone? So the absolute first one, I don't really remember. It was one of those black ones that where you would pull the antenna out, and I have no idea what brand that was. But the one that I do remember was I had a Nokia, one of those really small ones where it came in a clear shell so you could stick you know, images or stickers on the backside and basically customize how it looked. And you know, the battery life lasted like anywhere between one to two weeks. which is something Mm -hmm. that's unheard of these days. Uh, Yeah, that was my first phone, and I loved it. Right. Let's talk about something that didn't exist back then. What is your favorite app now? Uh, My favorite app? I mean, I think it's really hard to say what my favorite app is. I can say that the one I use the most by far is Spotify. I think especially, you know, when you're working from home and um, needing like if sounds around and, and distractions, like having the music you need to stay focused is really, really important. And Spotify has done a very good job of building a product um, that not only lets you listen to the songs you want to, but also like giving you suggestions, right? I mean, before mm-hmm. Spotify, I would know that the artists and the song name, and I'd probably have to go download it somewhere. Nowadays, I don't know the artists and names of most of the songs I listen to. <laughs> because they're all saved in a playlist somewhere that was recommended from some kind of playlist or maybe my Spotify Discover Weekly or somewhere else. And and I think that that is definitely something that 10 years ago you wouldn't have had the option of, right? These recommendations and using the, the insights of the users um, to recommend things that are going to, that they're going to like and better their lives. 
It's actually really close to my experience because of Apple Music. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of more music that I don't think I can tell you what was the uh, songwriter and uh, when the, that, that album or song was released. Uh, but still, music is great, so no complaints. It's just, it's different. Can you think of one technology that you like the most in apps you use? Something that really, you know, makes your life easier? So something I think of is is magic links. I mean, basically yeah, from, from Slack, right? And it's just like, if you forget your password or login, not having to do that and have an email automatically sent to you where you click on it and it deep links you into a seamless experience. Like, okay, you're logged in, it's secure, blah, blah, blah. But also just any of those kind of single sign-on things where I don't have to try to remember my password and dig things up and it, it takes me to exactly where I need to go to instead of a default um, page. I think that really makes it a much more enjoyable experience and reduces the, the need to, for us to retain certain things. Just like how I was mentioning with songs, right? Like nowadays you don't need to know the artist or the song to enjoy good music. Today, you don't have to know your password or maybe the email that you used if you're on your device to get to where you need to and to access the important information that you need. Yeah, I hear you. It's definitely helpful. You know what? There's one more thing I'd like to ask you before I let you go, which is uh, sooner or later, this pandemic will be over. And it's kind of logical to assume that situation kind of will be reversed. So the actually the demand for your service may go down. It's going to be going up, but probably on the level that, you know, pre this, this pandemic level. So do you think there's something you should change in your messaging? What should be done differently once it starts happening? Yeah. So I think in terms of the marketing strategy, to me, it's less about, I mean, the messaging is is a little bit important in that as people are going to be able to go back out into the world, we can focus more on giving them inspiration and to, to go travel again and to go out and experience the world and to prepare for that with our language learning product. But I think another thing to consider from an acquisition strategy and really trying to maintain the same volume or grow it is we can't rely on that organic uplift anymore. And um, we're actually um, doing work with influencers and affiliates and partners to make sure that we're able to reach in-market groups, people that we haven't had really had invested in in the past. So that as the, the, the ones who look for us go down, we can reach out and find those who are interested in learning a language anyway and find them so they can learn about us. Oh, you, you mentioned influencers. Do you remember what platforms you're guys using? Uh, Instagram, YouTube, probably TikTok. Um, so actually, we're currently just testing on TikTok. Um, wow. Because, you know, over COVID, like, you know, there's been a huge spike in usage of TikTok. Is. And historically, TikTok was very much like a, a young user base. But now um, it's a lot more diverse. You know, they're, they're coming, they're building out their advertising platform product. And just the sheer amount of users and variety of content that's available there means that the types of audiences we can tap into are much broader. And there's a lot of opportunity. So really trying to just... Um, get that uh, get that down uh, pat in the right way. And I think also because of our brand and what we stand for, right, which is having fun, being a bit cheeky and a yep. non-standard traditional exactly. way of, of language learning. It fits really well with the audience. So, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, good luck with that. That's, that's TikTok is a universe on its own. <laughs> oh, definitely. All right. That actually was my last question. But before I let you go, how can people get in touch with you and know more about what Memrise does? 
I mean, hopefully at some point we'll be able to go back to interacting with people in real life and conferences and whatnot. And I take a lot of those. But if not, I mean, you can always find me on LinkedIn. And also when we start going back into the office, our office is by Spitalfields. We're really welcoming to have people come in, especially those who want to give feedback on the product or just hang out in our kitchen and have lunch with us. So come visit physically as well once that's allowed and everyone's, you know, allowed to interact with each other in real life. Got it. Uh, Awesome. Thanks a lot for your time and coming on our podcast, Tina. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. And that was Tina Zhang, Pet Acquisition Manager at Memrise. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just search for Business of Apps and you will be able to find us easily. Once you subscribe, you will get episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please, don't forget to leave us a review and comment. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Till the next week. Bye. This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.